0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams.
1: The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the 5 o'clock shadow. And as always on a Thursday, I speak to Viv Govender from Rand Swiss and David Shapira from SASFIN Securities. David, this week I want to start with you because there's been a raft of results out from the JSC. Anything that uh, stood uh, out? The Woolies yesterday nah. got a lot of attention. Standard Bank people think seem to like. I think it was a trading update. But what have you seen?
2: Lindsay, Everything's negative wherever you go. Um, and, and you know, I, I'm just telling people, stay out of it. Just take a step back. Um, everything is pointing in the wrong direction. Uh, there's no real driver to our economy. And wherever I go through, you know, you get to a point where you start to look through and say, why am I going through the numbers? It's not going to help me. You know, in other words, I'm not going to buy the stock. Let's leave it until things start to turn around. And I promise you, I've tried to go through as many as I can, from CAP yesterday to Woolies to Standard Bank to AECI, you name it, Cash Bill today, it was Impala, First Rand, As Murray, Sunlum, you name it. You yeah. know? And and all along the line, other than Sunlum, when it seems to be okay, which might need a further investigation, I think the trend is beginning to reflect what's happening in this economy. Lots of strain on the consumer, falling volumes, no drivers, you know, even first round, if you look at it, a very mediocre number. So I'm saying I can't, there's nothing that that grabs me, you know, there's nothing that makes me say, okay, uh, we're starting to look in bottom territory now, it's time to come in. So I'm just taking a step back.
1: Okay, well, you haven't really been taking a step forward when it comes to South African (laughs) stops, if if, if it would be fair. And I know you won't be offended by that comment, but that's the case. Viv, again, you are very much focused on certain sectors of the market, many of which will not be represented by the results that have come out over the last
0: few days. But would you echo David's sentiments? Unfortunately, yes. I mean, we just had a discussion at was just today about, would we recommend, you know, uh, an R.A.? Uh, to clients, especially someone that's going to be, say, 30 uh, years old or or, or that age. And the conclusion was basically, yes, you know, an IRA gives you that huge tax break, but over a 25-year period, the fact that you're tied up to only having 25% of your money in offshore equities, you know, that is a real penalty. If you think about it, just the the differential between what South Africa is doing versus the international markets and over a 25-year period compounding that kind of like blows away any tax the saving you might get. Even if you had a forty five percent tax rate over twenty five years that doesn't kind, you know, make up for it. And unfortunately that's been, you know, true for a couple of years now. Uh, and so, unfortunately, no, South Africa, not on my list at the moment.
1: Okay, so we're not looking at South Africa, so we can sweep that aside until the end of the show with the, with, with the numbers. Viv, I'll stay with you on this one. Apple has been for years secretly developing an electric vehicle, and now, very publicly, they've decided not to go for the electric vehicle market in favour of artificial intelligence. Their car, apparently, was going to have no steering wheel and no pedals, and it was going to be a groundbreaker, but they've said, no, it's not the way forward. And it's an interesting switch that they've made either they're rubbish electric vehicles or they just see ai as as being the the way forward which
0: you do viv yeah look i mean the thing is that nobody seems to be able to make a profit on electric vehicles besides tesla uh, at the moment, I mean, you look at the Rivian, the amount of, uh, you know, the loss of the Rivian is insane. It's a, if, you, if you were in the U.S., you'd just buy a Rivian because, quite frankly, they're subsidizing you to an insane extent. Uh, you know, the same thing applies to even, you know, to some of the stuff made by the normal uh you know companies like gm and so on and so for apple to get into this business and to try and compete in there uh, especially since it isn't really it's 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 uh it's it's normal market i would suggest that it's it's probably a wise decision to not try
1: yeah i think so too and and uh, knowing apple they'll come up with something extraordinary as as the race to the uh, to the top in the artificial intelligence sector continues apace David, I thought of something the other day, and because because it was really sparked by you and I talking about death. I think it was on Monday. (laughs) Uh, You were talking about you were talking about Charlie Charlie. Munger. Charlie Munger. Etc. And and, uh, and I said, well, look, in twenty five years' time, you know, when you go, uh, Viv and I will carry on regardless, and uh, <laughs> r- raise a raise a glass to you. But I was looking at the demography argument mm. today, and I saw some numbers coming out of South Korea, where the South Korean birth rate has plunged mm. to an all time low. Mm. I think it's something like point seven children are born a year to uh, mm. South Korean. Women and the the enormous effect that this has on a a market, an economy, on society. Mm -hmm. Because we've already got Japan and and China with incredibly low birth rates. I think I think last year eight hundred and seventy thousand was the population figure in Japan falling eight hundred and seventy thousand. China aging population. The same will be true there soon. Has enormous effect on the things I just spoke about, but also investments.
2: Oh, oh! Look, we can talk about this forever. Mm. You know, there's so many elements to it. But one of the biggest problems is that if you understand a pension fund or you understand social security, uh, you understand what that is. The greater the population, you start to collect from the youngsters to pay the retirees. Yes. And what happens is that in any pension fund, and I've seen this operational in pension funds, where it stop where the people leaving are greater than the people coming in, it has an enormous impact on the the profitability and the, uh, what's the word, the viability mm. of those pensions. I'm using that as an example. So I, I think in a country, you know, we saw it with Greece, you know, where where uh, the youngsters coming in always used to keep the the older people going and that's why they could retire at 55 and so on. But it's, it's, it's enormous. And then then you go to the workforce. I mean, there's so many elements of that as, around that as well, because your, or your workforce uh, starts to age and you need to replace it, you know, if the economy is growing, the shrinking, of course. But so the, it, it, it's a very important thing. And to be honest, Lindsay, if you go wherever you're going, whether it's South Korea, whether it's China, whether it's America, whether it's Europe, you're getting those same trends. I think the only trends where it's growing is probably Africa or or thereabouts. I don't know which other country. So, yes, it, it, it is a major problem.
1: The South African Human Rights Commission, on the same day that South Korea announced its record low birth rate, there was a concerning article that I briefly skimmed about the, the number of children in KwaZulu-Natal. I'll come to you on this one, on Viv. I mean, the number of girls aged 11 that are that, that, that are pregnant in their latest survey. So as David said, there's certain countries that are producing more human beings and certain countries that are not. It, AI aside,
0: Viv, it, it's a knotty problem. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, the thing is that uh, it's not just, I mean, we talk about, uh, uh, you know, North Co- South Korea, we talk about Japan, but the U.S. has a significantly below uh, uh, replacement uh, fertility rate. Um, everywhere in Europe has a significantly below replacement utility rate, uh, fertility rate, sorry. Uh, India, I mean, several parts of India are already below uh, replacement fertility. Uh, China, as you know, is is, is, is almost as bad as, as Korea. Um it's, it's pretty much. It's not. Korea, it's not America as well. The same exact problem. There's only certain parts of Africa that actually have above replacement fertility rates, and even they are falling at a spectacular rate. Uh, I mean, we, we're talking, you know like places that were green five or, or six uh, you know, kids per woman, you know, a couple of decades ago, are now getting down to just like two and a half or so. Uh, so so everywhere in the world, it, it has this problem. And some places are just getting there faster than others. And the issue, like, I mean, as David said, you don't even understand like pension funds or whatever. Understand that the country makes some stuff, right? Some people make stuff, some people consume the stuff. When you're retired, you're consuming, you're not making anymore. And the ratio of people that are working to the ratio of people that are not working goes beyond a certain level. It, it, it just does not make sense from a, from a from a like a logistical point of view and how this works you could not have 5 people working and 10 people consuming their work, you know what I mean? Uh, forget about pension funds and whatever, the pensions, the companies, they all work off workers at the, at the end of the day. The, the share price comes off the fact that somebody's working there. You can't have three people working, or basically living off a share, when only one person's working in the factory. It does not make sense, mm. you know what I mean? That doesn't, that's not how uh, these things work. And so yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge thing uh, in, the, in the future. And quite frankly, we need to basically hope and pray, automation comes about. Otherwise, we're going to be ending into one of the worst economic crises that we've ever seen. Uh, just because all pension funds, all uh, social networks, or, or social welfare net, sorry, are going to fail in the face of this. And regarding that, that case of the children and, and cases, and quite frankly, I don't know how anyone under the age of 16 that has a baby, doesn't have the baby automatically DNA tested by the, by the government and find out who the person is that effectively assaulted this child? Yes. You know what I mean? It, by definition, if the child's giving birth and she's under the age of 16, that is an assault, you know. Uh, and unless that person that has the father is not is also of a similar age, you know, there should be a lot more people in prison.
2: Well, Viv, I've got the answer. When you think about it, I mean, when we talk about it, when I was growing up, uh, social norms did not allow me to uh, move in with my girlfriend or future wife. And, uh, so on. We had to get married. Yeah. And, uh, that, that was one thing. We got married younger, therefore had children younger and uh, therefore, uh, the chances of having more children were greater. I think the other thing is that, uh, yes, even though my wife was working, I think in many cases in previous generations, the women didn't work, you know, they weren't in the workforce. So today you're finding, you know, women, um, only getting married 28, 29, 30, uh, starting to have children much later in life. So I don't, I, you know, I, I, you can see that operational. I can see that happening um, amongst you know, the younger generation that we see here that I know, and 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 also certainly in in, in the United States. You know, my daughter's friends and my children's friends. Much, you can see the change in demographics. You know, you can see the change in attitudes and that. And uh, they bec- they become one and two children kind of homes rather than four or five or whatever it is. Okay. So so I, I, why why I'm bringing this up? You know, there must be something in the in social norms, you know, that have changed as well, even in China and South Korea and various places or something. And in Europe, old Europe. Well, in in South Korea,
1: sorry, Viv, I'll I'll put this in and then you can can (laughs) have your long say. In South Korea, they interviewed, this broadcaster interviewed a lot of young South Korean women and they said, we've got two choices here. We can have a family or we can have a job. And yeah. we we work really really hard in in South Korea. We work six days a week. We have to do overtime all the time. And child childcare is incredibly expensive. I want to have yeah. children, but I've got the choice between children or career. And yeah. most of yeah. them, from the figures, are choosing career. Viv, and that's that's yeah. that's, that's, mm. a, that's an incredible. It's. <laughs> if it's a sad thing or not, but it's certainly in the future going to present enormous problems that v- you highlighted, a major financial crisis, potentially.
0: Yeah, but I, but I don't think that is actually the case, right? If you look at another country that has a really low um, birth rates, Japan, and Japan has one of the lowest labor force participation rates for women in the world of, of a developed country. You know. Yeah. Uh, so it it, it, is, it is a couple of things. I think one of the things, especially in the West, I don't know if you've, if you've seen it here, is that when, when I was younger, a 25 year old was a grown up. Now is <laughs> a 25 year old a kid? If you know what I mean. Yes. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. 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 Right. Uh, uh-huh. David, when you were 21 years old, you were a man. Yeah. You know what I mean. Uh-huh. You were you 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 were basically married at 23. I got married, at 23. That, I got married 23. at 23. Yeah. Yeah, you were a man. Nowadays, if somebody gets married at 25, they say, oh, my God, you got married so young. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you basically are, are, are married at, say, 27, 28, and then you're suddenly having kids at your 30, hmm. well, you've got 10 years. Whereas with 23, you've got 17 years. You yeah. know what I mean? For for things to happen, and so what's happening uh, at the moment apparently is that a lot of people are having, uh, you know, the families, the number of people, families having kids is the same, but they're having fewer kids in the family because they're getting married later, and the number of kids is going down. The second thing is that, uh, you know. The cost of the modern, like you know, uh, world, quite frankly, housing, etc., has been increasing above inflation in much of the world. And therefore, if you want to basically you know, start a life, you want a house, you want to have that security to have a family, and you can't afford to do that in, in much of the world right now. And the weird thing about South Korea that makes them particularly strange is that Seoul is such a a, a, a huge center of the population. You know what I mean? The number of people that live in Seoul is so high. And anywhere that you go in the world, you find that cities have lower tfrs total fertility rates than countrysides and more people becoming urbanized is going to change that as well
1: okay Mm -hmm. just give you another (laughs) another example sorry Um, i I have a physiotherapist (laughs) in the netherlands and he's he's in his late 20s he's a fine fellow his name is max and he said to me i can't see for the next five weeks i said why is that says, because my, my partner's just had our first child, a daughter called Twiggy. I thought, that's an interesting name. I like that. And he said, but I'm, um, I'm on paternity leave. He gets uh, five weeks paternity leave, full, full pay, and his wife gets six months maternity leave, full pay as well. So here's a country that is tiny and doesn't really need that many more people what with um, immigration, refugees, etc. but paying people to have a, a baby and observing their rights. In that regard, I don't know—is is that a good thing or a bad thing, David? What a country I, I, like the look, Netherlands is doing?
2: I, I, yeah. No, I think they're doing the right thing. You know, because it does encourage people to uh, to have children. I know it's a small country, and maybe housing is very expensive, and you can't be expansive and have ten kids or something like that. But I think it's very important. I I know from my children and my you know the the cost. Uh, we lived in a and 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 we lived in a different generation as well. Where uh, you know in South Africa, you, you lived in a normal household. You had you had live maids and so on. It was much easier to have children. It's not the same here as well. I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing, and I'm not getting into a political discussion. But that was the situation. Uh, nowadays, you know, um, I see my child. Uh, I see the uh, my, my my daughter-in-law in Australia's expecting her third kid, the other two are at school, it's fine. But I mean, the cost of actually uh, taking them to school is prohibitive. And also, they're only given, you know, they're only given like two days or three days uh, cover. So that also is an issue, you know, and you want to say, well, surely you should get, you know, more than that. And I think that you know countries have to allow or have to give you some kind of either tax deductions or some kind of incentive to have children as well because uh they, you know you can't afford uh care other than yourself and then you lose you know you, you go out the workforce and so on so i think I think a lot has to be what what i'm getting at and perhaps i'm not articulate in what i'm trying to say is that governments have to take you know if they want to address these issues that you're bringing up and yeah. maybe i'm talking about western governments or uh you know the the more developed nations they've got to take a much more liberal attitude towards uh you know uh, allowing to, allowing people to have babies the kind of care the kind of cover and so on um and and I think the six months, you know, that's that's great. I think because if you go to South Africa, I think you're lucky if you get two months or three months to go to America. you know, you probably gotta go start working the next day. Mm. You know, otherwise you lose your job. You know, those are the Americans. I don't know what their I don't know what their policies are.
1: It's very interesting though the way that societal attitudes uh, mm. differ across the globe. And Viv, I, I distinctly remember as a student being given this example where In India they were trying to bring the birth rate down because the population was burgeoning and they had this campaign on billboards and they on the billboard there were two families one family had two children and loads and loads of food and having a lovely um, a lovely supper together and looking happy and alongside (laughs) that was a family that had six or seven children whatever it was and they only had a small amount of food and they looked miserable and the attitude of the population was look at those poor people with only two kids. It was it was very strange, but what you're saying
0: is that's probably changing now. Oh, no, no. The thing is that what what if what it, it gets me is that by 1970 we knew this was happening. You could actually see the drop in birth rates, not just in places like the West, but also in places like India. You know what I mean? So, uh, at that point in time, it's, 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 it's almost like the, the one-child policy in the U, in, in China ended, you know, very recently, well beyond when they would be fertility uh, replacement fertility rate. Anyone with half a brain would have told the country back then that, that not only are you in a situation right now where you don't have a population problem in terms of expansion, it's now going to be at the reverse where you have a crashing population. You're going to have to start closing schools down, figuring out what to do. And they, at the same time, still had that one-child policy going on for, for like way beyond that. Uh, places like, like Japan and, and Korea, for instance, I think Korea, they're saying that if they don't get this thing something seriously done in the next five to ten years, what you have to understand is that there's only, like, of course, you know, everyone knows biology, there's only a certain number of years a woman is fertile for, right? Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. Once, you, and w- once you get to the point where your population is getting to this level, there are literally not going to be enough children. You, won't have a, you don't need one woman to have two children. You need one woman to have four children Because there's there's such a small uh, cohort of women available at that point in time or that correct age to basically give birth. Because most of the women that in the, in the country would be over that age already, if you know what I mean. Mm. So, sure. so, 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 right now in Japan and Korea, it's not about getting to 2.1, you know, births per person. It, for, a child, for a woman, sorry, it's probably getting to an excess of three births per per woman because they need to make up the, that shortfall for the generations that have come before them. And and and, and like I said, it's it's something that you know, uh, you know, Musk has been talking about this for a while now. And it, it's because it, I, and as first said it, I thought it was like crazy, but I looked into it. It's the entire world is just, it's happening to you. and the places that it's not happening to yet are those places that are so underdeveloped uh that you know there's no control over these things but they are already developing at such a rate that in a couple of decades' time they will also be in the same situation. Uh, it's uh, it's one of those unsolvable problems at the moment, it seems.
1: Yes, it really, it really is. And um, <laughs> uh, David and I were talking about longevity, and maybe in the in the future there'll be you know a situation where people live healthily to the yep. you know, age of two hundred yeah. or two hundred and fifty yeah. or something. Yeah. That then for the asset management yeah. industry it would be interesting because you'd, at the moment you can look at these demographic numbers that we've been throwing around and philosophizing over. I think the point is that it's so long term a demographic trend is so long term that you can't be an asset manager and say right I'm going to stick to this because uh, maybe it'll take 20, 30 40 plus years to d- develop. So it's a difficult one David to be a, a, an asset manager oh, oh, when, you, when uh, you're you we up?
2: having issues here yeah. mm. I, I think at the moment um, the policies that were introduced years ago are not working um, the with- Talked about a an RA, yeah. and what happens is those RAs just are not, you know, are not strong enough or not uh, vibrant, whatever the word is. And he mentioned you better go overseas because what we are finding now is that people are outliving their savings. You know what that what was in their mind when they started to work uh, forty years ago, whatever it is, or even longer than that just does not materialize. So, you know, when they were kicked out of their jobs at 65 or uh, they, they chose to retire at those kind of ages, suddenly what they had saved and they thought was going to last them is not lasting them. That might be a South African problem, unique to here, but I would imagine that globally it, 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 you start to run out. And it's a massive issue because most people are living 85, 90, and that could be extended. So your working life, uh, people want to retire at 70 or even younger than that. That means you've got to keep yourself going for another 15 to 20 years on on savings that you only accumulated over 40 years. You know, you just have to do the maths. You can see what it means.
1: It's all very terrifying. And we are,
2: we're having a big problem. We, we, I see it every day. I see it massively. And people are now coming to me and saying, can we increase our our monthly, for example, you know, from 20 to 25,000 a month? And you suddenly say, you know for us to get that extra five thousand a month on on the savings that you have, it's a stretch. You're starting to cut into your capital badly.
1: It's ah, all very sobering stuff. Another sobering thought yep. is politics. I think there are 55 elections in, uh, world, <laughs> world, worldwide this year. I mean, we think of the United States of America, and I noticed Biden and Trump are both down on the border, spouting uh, their various policies to uh, adoring publics, But the adoring publics. Are, but that's horrible. The UK, South Africa, there's so many. Viv, everywhere. When you look at an investment, do you look at the country?
0: Do you look at the politics and then at the company? Is it all part of the same thing? How do you work, Viv? I look at, the, I look at like from a very macro point of view. I look up, down, sort of down, up. Some people do look from the bottom up and work from there. I like to look from the top down because I always believe you can get the best company in a dying sector and you're still not going to make money. You get a like a, a total loser company in a sector that's like that's basically you know got the trend line in its favour, yeah. and you'll make a fortune. You know what I mean? So uh, lots of people made money on like Yahoo and made money on WeWork and whatnot. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though they were these companies didn't do anything just because they were riding the right trend. So that's the way I normally look at it. And uh, looking at the US at the moment, uh, by the way, you, have you seen that now it's going to go to the Supreme Court whether that Trump is going to be immune from prosecution or not
1: yes Uh, Um, that's a dangerous situation
0: Yeah. So that, that's that, that, that's happening there. Look, in, in the UK, I think it's a foregone cruise. There's not, there's not going to be an election. There's just going to be the kicking off the Tories and replacing them with labor. But these, <laughs> it, 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 it's not even going to be like, I mean, it's going to yeah. be an absolute, you know, bloodbath for the Tories. I don't even think they'll be number two in the country. Um, uh, in South Africa, it's more of a, of a, of a, of a thing. But Jacob Zuma right now, apparently with his party down in KZN, is raising enough support that it seems that he might even cut 2 or 3% out of the ANC's uh, numbers. And the ANC before this were not going to get to 50. So it it could really make a negative impact to the ANC in South Africa. But elsewhere in the world, I mean, you know, if you're looking at the elections in India, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that the BJP is going to win. Uh, In the U.S., I I think it's, it's, it's a borderline. But right now, if you had to make me bet, I'd probably bet Trump over Biden. (laughs) <laughs> uh uh it, it, it biden is getting some really like you know bad bad uh, polling numbers coming through and uh so i believe I mean, if there's a replacement on biden it, it might be successful but right now in the us biden is is polling in especially in the in the in the battleground states by like in some cases like over 10% worse than trump and in other places you know uh, it's, uh, it's losing by you know a few percentage points uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that that might be the one consequential election, I would think, that might matter besides South Africa.
1: Okay. Luckily, this is pre-recorded, so I'm going to uh, edit out the Trump win reference from that um, uh, chat, <laughs> chat, <laughs> chat from Viv because it offends me deeply. But no, I think you're right, uh, uh, Viv. I, David, you're, you're, no you're, you're US-centric. I mean, what is going on yeah. the, on the ground? When you go out to Same the coffee thing. shop, are people talking and chatting? What, I, where are they going?
2: I think, that, first of all, that there's there's a big division. You know, there's a massive division amongst, not householders, but amongst friends uh, around the Democrats, around the Republicans. Uh, my daughter's beside herself. She she just looks at both candidates and just shakes her head and cannot believe that that's a choice that she has to make. Mm. Um She can't stand Trump. But I mean, nor can she stand Biden. You know, the belief that this old man is who she might have to vote for. But then you're getting, you still got those Trump supporters. You still got a lot of people like that out there. And, uh, you can go to a dinner party and you still get mudslinging. This is now. We thought we were over it, you know, once Trump was kicked out. But, uh, what, what still staggers me, what I can't, you know, what I can't, uh, understand. Is is that a man with what's you know with all the charges overhanging him, what he has done can still command the kind of lead that he does, and I, you know just says so much. Um, and I, I was listening to an interview yesterday with a Democratic uh, representative. He's from California, and he says, you know, one of the one of the things about politics there that is he's got more supporters in his uh, constituency than so many others senators have got. In their states, you know, in other words, that's the what you call the demographics, but uh, he was scathing about Mitch McConnell, and you can see the hatred that they have for Republicans, you know how these ultra conservative people are going to come in and what, what it means for america. so there's a lot of divisiveness uh, in the states at the moment lindsay it's not a, it's not a happy place to be. And it's not a place where um, you know people get together and 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 sort out issues it's it's done with with a lot of um, acrimony and hatred yeah.
1: Yes, I wonder when a, that started I mean they've never that. liked each other, but I wonder when it really started it yeah. started and the weaponizing of certain issues that mm. uh, and, and they use that and they feed them lies I mean Trump is the the biggest liar of all time if you if you believe the fact checking uh, sites like the Washington Post etc how many thousands of mistruths or lies, blatant lies he's, he's spewed out, but anyway, he does it, and people listen if you tell a lie a, a number of times, it eventually it mm. gets mm. into your head actually yes, mm. he's believing it himself, and politics. Halloween. The troglodytes oh. are also <laughs> believing it. Right, let's have a look at the markets now, gentlemen. We've okay. neatly sidestepped uh, the JSC's um, <laughs> results, which is good <laughs> because you're both fairly negative uh-huh.
0: on them. Oh, what's the results I want to talk about, if you guys don't mind? No, please go okay, ahead. Have seen spur, spur? Okay. Yeah. Uh, spur's results are not, not about the actual share price or whatever, right? They were talking about the fact that something like 200, and I'll tell you how much, right? 200 and something of their restaurants out of just under 600 restaurants, uh, 217 out of 595 restaurants have spent money on water solutions. Water?
1: Uh, Was power, now water. Okay.
0: Oh. so 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 look at look at the what is growing struggle in some regions they say a third of the restaurants are investing in infra- infrastructure to access access usable water
1: so water is the next um, escom in other words uh, Viv?
0: yeah so i mean I, th- that's what's got me i mean i i i don't really look at spur, but I saw that and thought, what a third to twenty two hundred and seventeen out of five hundred and ninety five yeah. that is more than a third that's forty percent forty two percent i think yeah Gosh. yeah yeah.
1: That's amazing.
2: I, yeah, I think de- you know where you, Lindsay, where you pick up on all results wherever you go through the issues. You know that businesses are bringing up, and it, 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 it you get a feel for what's happening on the ground with, with, uh, you know, whether it's um, s- stuff stuck in the harbour or was stuck in the harbour, whether it's load shedding, whatever it is, lower, uh, you know, lower volumes, consumers under pressure. Uh, this is a, I know, the big water one was with uh, with the Astral, you know, on the food side. There they were battling. They also had to and Tiger Brands. Remember, Tiger Brands, I think, had to finance a municipality in order to get uh, um, water for its canning factories down in the Cape for its uh, fruit factories. So it is a massive issue here, and and um, along the way, I think the infrastructure here is so bad. And you keep getting, if you're on all these WhatsApp groups, you know, for your suburbs and that, there's just ongoing issues with water. You know, when you turn your taps on in the morning and see water coming out, not only do you celebrate when the lights are on, but also when... Uh, when you get water out of your taps, So this brings up a very important point. It
1: is a very important point, and it's, it's, it begs the question uh, whether it's mismanagement of water resources, which it might be in, in South Africa, or whether it's because of the climate change, as it is yeah. in Barcelona. Barcelona has four months' worth of water left, I think. I mean, they're, they're rationing at the moment, and the, the, one of the big problems is that uh, tourism is so, so much a part of the Barcelona economy that they can't turn too many people away. But when when someone comes, goes to Barcelona, they shower for half an hour, whereas locals are not allowed to. So it's, a, it's a big issue and one for the future. Goodness me, we've covered some stuff today. Let's cover the markets now. Okay, Let's go do the markets we'll, yeah? we'll, we'll otherwise we, be we'll be here all out. night with you two. You, you're so full of ideas. <laughs> uh, you humbled me. Okay, dollar rand is 19.17, was in the 1930s yesterday. Uh, so well done, the rand, from for pulling back from the record low brink. British pound against the rand is 24.30. Euro rand is 20.80. Euro dollar, 108.45. Not much going on there at all. Uh, commodities, gold price, yeah, it's having a good day. It's up uh, 14 dollars to 2047 platinum up a bit as well six and two-thirds dollars to 888 three fat ladies and um, 944 is the palladium price which is up 26 now if we have a look at uh, the crb commodity index food oil West Texas crude $78.44, down a smidgen, and Brent Crude also down a tiny amount to, to $82.13 per barrel. Natural gas prices up again after a 4% rise yesterday, up 0.7% today, at $1.90 per BTU, whatever that means. Other ones, coal up 1.2%, but otherwise not much going on there. And the CLB index has been in uptrend since the end of 2023. It got down to around about as at an index level. Around about 295, 296 now um, yeah, pushing 320, which is good news for South Africa anyway. S&P 500 it was merrily bowling along above 5,100 a couple of days ago. It had two days of pullbacks, but now normal business has been resumed with the S&P futures 5,092 up around about a quarter of a percent. U.S. 10-year bond yields they've been interesting because they've gone in the opposite direction to the S&P 4.23% today though was in the 430s two or three days ago. And the South African ten-year bond, yeah, with the stronger rand, it's six basis points better at ten point one three percent. I have to mention Bitcoin because I don't know what's, who, I don't know who's buying this. But this is now 63,200, up around about 3.5%. That's astonishing. And David, I sent you a Mm. clip from a Charlie Munger interview where he was scathing about crypto. And the reason I sent it was because someone who owns crypto sent it to me and I I had to pass it on because, God rest his soul, he he would have been horribly wrong on this one.
2: Well, he's not wrong. I mean... The, the the only reason is that uh he, you know he doesn't see anything in it when you know if you know Buffett and and Munger yeah. they would only invest in things that produce something you know they they'll say if you go into a field of wheat you know there's just wheat growing there you cut it down you feed a nation you know they can't see anything in this they 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 used to have the same attitude with gold it's a piece of gold that you know, uh, all you can do is stroke it and polish it. And if you put it in a <laughs> cupboard or you put it in a safe, if you come back 20 years, it's still the same. Whereas businesses create, you know, add add value to an economy, supply jobs and so on. So I think that's where they come from. And I think I think he's also put off by the people around uh, the whole crypto, you know, the, the, the all the cryptocurrencies and that. So yeah, okay. anyway, you know, he was ultra-conservative.
1: Uh, and ultra, ultra ultra wealthy as well, which is is good. Mm. Viv, a quick one with from you on on Bitcoin and crypto as an asset class. Does it entice you?
0: No, it doesn't entice me because uh, I mean people don't understand how money works nowadays. They think, okay, it's not backed by gold, therefore it's, 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 it's not have a real backing. Money is not backed by gold, but money is backed by guns and police and uh, tax <laughs> institutions. And, and that is why we in South Africa use rands and not dollars, even though dollars are universally considered valuable. But we use the rand in South Africa because that's how the tax system is It. The only way you replace the currency a country uses is when that country's government fails. And that's why, like, for instance, Zimbabwe would use dollars, but we in South Africa don't. Uh-huh. It's because they, the institutions have failed. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, unless institutions fail, you don't replace currencies. It just doesn't happen.
2: That's a smart point, Viv. I like that. I see. Look at that. It tends to, we're all
1: learning. We're, I'm learning
2: so much no, from you, too. You're really learning smart a bit. thing. You no, know, it's that's, true. That's a lovely way of putting things. I don't know whether you made that up yourself, Viv. We ever told you that? No, it was
1: uh, it was artificial intelligence. He's been punching in. He's been he's been punching (laughs) in that. uh, uh, It's just spewed it out. It's it's definitely not Vives. I'm going to
2: take that.
1: Plagiarist. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's have a look at the up and downs (laughs) on the JSE today. Four of the top five. One is Karoo, which I throw out because it's up and down every day. But the rest are diggers. Goldfields up five point six percent. D R D Gold up four and a half percent. Harmony up three and three quarters percent after excellent results yesterday. South 32 up three and three quarters percent as well. Downside Alpha Min down nine percent. Gosh, I never get this one. Something Capital. What, which is David the property company? Uh, Shaftesbury.
2: Shaftesbury. Shaftesbury.
1: Shaftesbury capital, yeah, uh, down six and a quarter percent. Wilson Bailey down three and a half. Motors a two point eight percent loser and Spa down two point one. David, did you see any other action on the JSC today, up the, or down? The
2: only one that worries me that that you keep seeing uh, MTN losing ground. You know, it only mm. lost about about one percent. Today, but it's down at 83. I mean, the Naira there has absolutely destroyed this business. You know, it's the one stock that that just can't find any kind of support. Impala's numbers came out, they seem to be discounted already. Um, yeah. You know, they, this is the first time they've taken over Buffer King. So, uh, the volumes were, you know, the, the production was flattered, but that was that was about it. I'm, I'm just trying. There was more volume today, Lindsay, for the first time, and it's it's the end of our tax year today, so I don't know whether there was any connection oh. between that. Yeah, but uh, we had volumes of about 24 billion or value of 24 billion, which we haven't seen for for yonks, you know, for weeks and weeks, we haven't seen anything like this. So I'm, I'm sure there was something around uh, a little bit of window dressing or last minute buying, whatever it was
1: yeah month end and and uh, end of the tax year definitely some um, some shuffling going on david let's close the show with the closing jse indices please
2: okay so uh everything up today Right across the board, Good. mainly lifted by the miners, but they all share up 0.73% at 72730. Uh, resource index up over 2%. You mentioned those stocks, Goldfields and DRD and Harmony and so on. Uh, so that, the resource index up about 2%. And then uh, moderate gains uh, elsewhere the industrial index, industrial 25, up 0.14%. But um, on the discretionary side, the consumer discretionary up, that was up about 1%. Property doing okay. Uh, South African listed property up 1%, but the overall property index, which includes all those foreign properties, up about 0.64%. But a good day, you know, first time. And I I think a lot associated with – the end of our text
1: here. jolly good. Gentlemen, thanks very much for an unusual and uh, fascinating chat. David oh, Shapiro really. is from Sassum Securities. Viv Govender from Rand Swiss. That was the 5 o'clock shadow. Back same time next Thursday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position